Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Outside of my comfort zone this morning. For my, my typical go-to Sunday morning sermon would involve a scripture, a story that would transition me into a spiritual point. A few points where I could shout and, and maybe sweat a little bit and have some fun and, and get some amens and some laughters out of the church. And then I would call Tyler up on the keys at the end and and we would transition into a moment of reflection where we would pray or call people to an altar. And then we would send you on your way out to cafe and Sunday school and second service and to go about your week. And as I was preparing for Freedom Sunday, for this day that we are joining with thousands of other churches around the globe to shed some light on the evil of human trafficking, I don't stand here on this platform claiming to be a professional or claiming to know everything there is to know about this topic. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a scholar in the, in the topic of human trafficking. I, my knowledge of it is very superficial and very limited. But, but this morning, I want us to approach this topic through the perspective of the gospel in action. That the church for far too long has been a place where we gather to receive something for ourselves, And in that process, we have ignored the deep needs of our world. And so as I was receiving email after email from Nazarene headquarters about Freedom Sunday, and, 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 and just to be quite honest, the tendency is for ethnic-dominated churches to not really focus on these things because we're focused on our own stuff. And, and, and I just felt deep in my spirit, we need to talk about this. We need to shed light on it. And so I, I reached out to my pastor, my dad, and, and I said, I've been getting email after email, and I'm sure he's gotten some emails as well about Freedom Sunday. And I had heard about it, and, and I had kind of done a little bit of research about it. And I just felt in my spirit uh, that we have, to, we have to acknowledge this day at Ambassadors Church. And so my disclaimer right off the top is that this is very different than what I'm used to. I'm not going to say that you're going to walk out of here and say, wow, that was a great sermon. But I do want to just say right off the top that you are going to walk out of here informed and motivated by the fact that God, although there is great evil in the world, God is still doing a great thing. Can we say amen to that? If you, I, I just want you to listen to scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. You don't need to turn there. I just want to read it for you. This is Christ uh, in the synagogue saying, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. He has sent me to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on Jesus. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled. 
in your hearing. The word of the Lord. Can we pray this morning? God, we make ourselves open to the move of your presence this morning. And God, we, we ask that we would not be observant of observers of this moment, oh God. That we would not sit back and, and watch, oh Lord. But that we would be moved to action. Holy Spirit, I pray that as we are obedient to the, to the move of your spirit, as we have been obedient, oh God, to, to take a service and to focus in on this subject, oh God, that you would equip me, oh Lord, a very limited messenger, a very limited communicator, oh God. Father, that this would not be about what I have to say, but that it would be about what you want to do in this world today through the church. In your name, amen. First words are very, first words are very important. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about last words. What is someone's last words? But first words are, are very important for any parents in the room. Uh, you, you, you face that moment where you are anxiously awaiting to see what they will say. I have a, a, a nephew that's just over a year old, Caleb. And, 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 and every time we hang out with Caleb, uh, we're trying to get him to say uncle or Alinda, which is our nickname for Alini in the Lima household. We call her Alinda because she's just Linda. And... Uh, and so we're just trying to get Caleb to, to say it. And, 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 you know, he's not my, he's, I think he'll warm up to me, but he is just the biggest fan of my dad. Like, when my dad is in sight, nobody else even matters. And so, so we're just trying to get these first words out of his mouth. And, and I was thinking about first words, and, and this scripture is the first words of Christ after the beginning of his ministry. He had just been baptized by John the Baptist and tempted in the wilderness. And now he's in the synagogue and it's his time to read. Mind you, the context is that the people of Israel had been anxiously awaiting a Messiah for thousands of years. And the prophetic words of the Old Testament had resounded from generation to generation. And in comes a Nazarene son of a carpenter into the local synagogue. And it's his turn to read. And he picks up the prophetic words of Isaiah and he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He, he, he metaphorically drops the mic in that moment and says, this scripture is now fulfilled this very day. And the, so all the eyes of the church were locked on this man that is claiming to be the promised Messiah. You see, if we were to boil down the mission of Jesus, it would be freedom. It would be freedom. That freedom is why he came, that wherever there is captivity, Jesus came to break those chains. I, I thought I wouldn't preach, but I know that Jesus came to set the captive free. Jesus is all about sin, freedom from sin. He is all about breaking the chain of sin and the effects of sin. You see, we talk about, a lot about forgiveness of sin, forgiveness of gossip, forgiveness of envy, forgiveness of taking the Lord's name in vain. But I think that Christ also came so that we would have freedom from the effects of sin. So, so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning and on Freedom Sunday. You may or may not have heard about this. And, 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 and we're joining together with thousands of other churches, Nazarene and non-Nazarene churches around the world today are taking a service 
in their churches to talk about the evil of human trafficking, that, that, that this is not something that we can just watch and kind of ignore, but that we have to acknowledge that this is not happening somewhere distant. It's happening in our very own state, in our very own city. It's taking place as we speak. I mean, if you were just to Google sex trafficking in Rhode Island, article after article of what is taking place, and you may say, well, that's not my problem. It would be your problem if it were your son or daughter. It would be your problem. And so as the sons and daughters of God, there is nobody on this planet that is not worthy of freedom. There is not one person. And so if there is one individual in this world who is being trafficked at this very moment, that problem is my problem. And for far too long, the church has been content with being entertained by a three-song set and a funny sermon on a Sunday morning while ignoring the turmoil of millions in our world today. We have settled behind a cute celebrity pastor culture where the skinny jeans of the pastor and the v-neck of the pastor and the forearm tattoo of the pastor is more talked about than the needs of millions of people in our world where we are so caught up in if they saying who you say I am or good good father and what version they did and we are ignoring the plight of those who have no voice in our world today and we call it church and we say, well, it's church. I went to church. God didn't call us to go to church. He called us to go and be the church. Since when has church been boiled down to us coming in for an hour and a half and ignoring those who are walking right by our doorstep? The Lord would not let us go through this day, and the God will not allow this church to move forward unless we take our sight off of our own conveniences and put it on the, on the sight of those who have no voice. I came to proclaim freedom to the captives. Jesus is all about freedom from sin and the effects of sin. Freedom from sin, freedom from oppression, freedom to be who God created us to be. What is human trafficking? Can you put that, that slide up, uh, Adriana, my first slide? Human trafficking is the recruitment or movement of a person by force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of profit. Individuals are bought and sold and forced into labor or sexual exploitation. And you may say, well, that sounds like an 18th century problem. Well, slavery was abolished back in the Civil War. No, it's not. There are more slaves in our world today than ever before. Oh, slavery is just a... Uh, Whatever issue, it's a past, it's a history book issue, it's a textbook issue. No, slavery is a today issue. And again, I say, if that does not move you, I would argue, think of it as if it were your own grandchildren or your own children, and it will move you to tears to think that these people are the sons and daughters of others. Because if it's out of sight of the church, usually it's out of mind. So today, this morning, I'm the billboard to say it's not out of sight, and it won't be out of mind. That the church was not called to simply be here, attend and leave. And you may say, that, well, this is kind of uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. But it's about time we get uncomfortable. Could you put up my next slide? What is, what is human trafficking? Uh, it's not just over there. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an Africa problem. That's a European, that's a, that's an Asia problem. That's a, 
That's a China problem. That's a, no, that's a United States problem. That's a Rhode Island problem. That's a Pawtucket problem. It's a Central Falls problem. Our own friends, Devin and Natalia Fry, some of you know them. They're young adult pastors at Connect Church. There was sex trafficking happening right across the street from their house. This was not too long ago. This was just a, a couple months ago, and they were so rattled by the fact that something that feels so distant was right outside their door, quite literally. And that car that was trafficking women into Milford was coming from Providence, Rhode Island. Plastered all over the news, and yet we can so easily read over the headlines. But behind the headlines, there are people. And wherever there, are a person, wherever there is a person, there is a soul. And wherever there is a soul, there is someone that God died to save. And so we, we, we can't just treat it as an external, not my problem kind of issue. Rather, it is something that we must address. Can you put on my next slide? What is human trafficking? It is a system based on greed, control, and power. It's all about the, the dominant and the one who will be dominated. It's about the slave owner and the slave. It's about the one who, who is going to buy and sell and the one who is being bought and sold. And, 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 and I'm telling you, there is nothing more satanic or demonic than this is that greed and profit and money would be the motivator behind selling people as if they were property. It makes absolutely no sense. It is evil at its simple, in its simplest form. And so I, I want to just continue. To go, what is human trafficking? Can you put on my next slide? It is, the, it is difficult to see or acknowledge. I, I, I acknowledge that. This is not an easy topic. It is taboo. Yet it is something that the church has to talk about. Has to talk about because for for I, I would say for decades, if not centuries, if not a couple millennia, we have resorted to comfortable talk. It, it's easy to preach a sermon on grace. I can preach on grace every day of the week. It's easy to preach on the, the cross. Is I mean it it's a it was a it was a death machine, but it ends in a great story, and and it's easy to talk about. I could talk to you about you know having a triumphant Monday and and. Man, I could sweat up a storm talking about it. I, 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 I can go there, and I do, kind of, sometimes. But isn't this something we should also talk about? That there is an evil in our world that has ignored the imago Dei, the image of God, on every human being. And has accepted the fact that we can buy and sell people as if people can be bought and sold. Now, my, my pastor, preacher, Lens, would go to, we have already been purchased by Jesus. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll go there for another sermon on another day. But this morning, it's difficult for us to see or acknowledge it. Because if we don't Google it, then we don't know about it. If we don't know about it, then it's not my problem. If they don't talk about it on a Sunday morning, they'll be, if they do, great. If they don't, great. No. After today, I pray that your eyes would be plastered open to the evil of our world, but also to the fact that God is, I, I'm not going to focus so much on the enemy that God gets no credit. Because God's doing some amazing things in our world, and that's where we get to partner with what God is doing. But let's go to the next slide. Uh, what is human trafficking? It is dehumanizing. Trafficking turns human beings into commodities. Where, where, where it's in Genesis chapter, chapter 1 and 2, we get the creation narrative. Where God is, 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 is speaking out 
and he is speaking light into darkness. He's speaking form into what was void. Uh, my dad spoke last Sunday on the fact that out of all creation, we were the only ones, we are the only ones that were handcrafted, hand-molded, that, that we have the little fingerprints of God, metaphorically but quite literally, uh, on us, that we were uh, molded together by a creator God. And that's what differentiates us from the rest of creation, that the image of God is imprinted on every single person, regardless of whether you are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, Native American, whatever you come from, whatever shade, whatever, however much flavor or lack of flavor you got on you, that you were created in the image of God. And that there is no hierarchy, that there is no like better than, less than, that there is no one that is, that is, that is, that is more favorable. There's not one thing that's more favorable than another, that if there is a living, breathing person on this planet, that that person has been created in the image of God. And what human trafficking does is that it ignores or it, it defiles the image of God on the person's life. That it treats that person as if they were an inanimate object, like a chair. Like I can buy and sell a chair. And there is, there is, oh my goodness, there is just something inherently wrong, evil, demonic, satanic, sinful about this thing. And, and wherever there is sin, there is something that the church must do to combat it. Now look, I don't want to say, well, this is the only problem. There are a lot of problems in this world. There are a lot of injustices in this world. Today, I just want to highlight one. But I pray that as we highlight one, God would open your eyes to the many. And that we would be people who fight for justice and freedom in our world today. Can you say amen to that? So it's dehumanizing. It traffics uh, people and turns them into commodities. Can you put on my, my next slide there? It is too big to stop on our own. Unity is the only way forward. That's why I felt that Ambassadors Church of the Nazarene has to come together with thousands of other Nazarene churches and thousands of other churches outside of the Nazarene church around the world today that are talking about this issue. I could not with a clear conscience know that there are churches today talking about this issue and I come up here and preach another sermon. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My spirit would not let, my, God's spirit would not let me do it. And so in this moment, I'm just being obedient to God in that I want to be a voice to this generation, a voice of freedom, a voice of justice. I want to be a voice that will usher in kingdom values into our world. And, and I believe that as a church, we are called ambassadors for a reason, that we are representatives of a higher kingdom, that although this world is fallen and unjust and broken and evil, that God is still doing a great thing and a beautiful thing, that we can partner with the spirit of God to bring about justice like a rolling river and mercy like a never-ending stream. I want to be a part of what God is doing. We can't do it on our own. Unity is the only way that we can combat this evil. Can you put on my next slide? Is that human trafficking, to me, this is what it boils down to. Human trafficking is demonic and it is sin. It is demonic. It is demonic. It is, it is of the devil. It is satanic. It is from the pit of hell itself that this is evil. I mean, think about it. Ever since the Garden of Eden, that the enemy's tactic has always been to subject people. Subject people. To, to, to sell people away. To, to, to dehumanize. To, to say, did God really say? Since the, since the Garden of Eden, deception has been his primary tactic. And what is happening with human trafficking is deception. It is deception. It is, it is totally ignoring 
what God created all of us as and is imprinting a, a, a value, a, a, a dollar amount on a person that was ever meant to be put there. Let, let's get some statistics. Can you put on my next slide? Is that there are 40 million slaves today worldwide. 40 million. This is 40 times the, the, the population of Rhode Island. 40, 40 million slaves in our world today. 400,000 slaves in the United States alone. Half the population of our state would be enslaved if we were to count it like that. 400,000 slaves. This is not an over there problem. This is a United States problem. This is a Rhode Island problem. This is a Pawtucket problem. As I Googled it, uh, I, I found that there was a Providence woman, a CCRI student, who was trafficked out to Rochester, New York. And, and as I was Googling these stories, there were so many that I wouldn't have the time to talk about it. But I want to encourage you to be motivated to go out and to have awareness about what is happening in our own state. I mean, we have people, students in our own church who attend CCRI. That, that there is, there is, this thing is, we are not exempt. Human trafficking does not, it is, does not discriminate based on color or even sex. It's not just a woman problem. There are men being trafficked. Check this out, though. It's a $150 billion industry. Like, this is a money-making business based on selling and buying people. Human trafficking comes in many forms. So human trafficking is the umbrella. Underneath human trafficking would be sex trafficking, child labor, forced labor, child soldiers. Uh, this is happening around the world. The, the most common form of human trafficking that we can think of is sex trafficking. That's usually what comes to mind when we think about human trafficking. That's where somebody is bought and sold to do sexual favors for pimps or, 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 or whatever. And it's, and it's disgusting. It is disgusting. And, and man, I just think of the cross and I think about the fact that on that cross, Jesus was saying, this is what you're worth. You're worth me dying for you. And so when people have been boiled down to a dollar amount, and, and you can Google it and you can go back and see these women that are working, just client after client after client after client, through not a choice of their own, but, but simply fooled and deceived into this system and unable to escape. And you wonder, what can the church do? It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. One out of every four slaves today are children. Children. So this is not just like an adult's thing a teenager thing, this is a child thing. And if you know and love any children in your life, which, which I do with, with two nieces and, and two nephews, that, that there, is, there is, oh my goodness, the innocence of a child stripped because of the evil and injustice in our world. Human trafficking is demonic. It is sin. It denies the image of God in every human being. It dehumanizes the individual. It is motivated by greed and by profit. One out of every four slaves in our world today is a child. Could you, could you click on the second video, Adriana? This is a woman's story. Her name is Katja. And this is her story.
After two weeks in the eight-bed one house, I was able to sleep again like I did at home. The people who worked there became like my mother and her friends. Sometimes I wake up and I don't believe it is true. A21 is an organization run by Christine Kane. She came out of Hillsong Church, a powerhouse woman of God. But she started this organization to combat human trafficking. And I want to share with you a little bit more a little bit later about, about what we can do in partnership with A21. But my next question for you is what does God think about human trafficking? What God thinks about this is demonstrated in what God has already done. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 and 25, the, the context is that Israel is, the, the children of Israel are in captivity. Uh, remember, this story started because Joseph was sold. The, it's one of the first instances of human trafficking in the Bible where Joseph is sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt. And, and the children of, of, of Jacob, the, the people of Israel, uh, grew, outgrew in numbers and, and multiplied. And, and they ended up becoming so great that Egypt enslaved them. And then Exodus 2 says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died. The people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. This is one of the most powerful verses of the book of Exodus. It says, God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God knew. And, and, and it just stops there, and it goes on to the next chapter. And I'm like, God, what did you know? I think God knew their pain. God knew their suffering. God didn't just see it, acknowledge it, and turn a blind eye, but, but God also knew that he needed to do something about it. And so the next chapter is like a sharp transition into the calling of Moses, where he saw the problem of captivity, but raised up an individual that would be the voice box of God and and that would be used to lead this million-plus crowd out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so God is not a God who sees and turns a blind eye. God is not a God who sees and ignores. 
God is not a God who sees and rationalizes. God saw people bound in slavery and remembered his covenant. Whenever God sees slavery, he is moved to action. Think about it. At the cross, what he saw was the slavery of humanity to this problem called sin. Whenever God sees bondage, he sees a thing that he needs to act upon and provide a way out. Because we were not created for bondage. We were created for freedom. So if God is moved to action, so should the church. This is not, well, God, that's your problem. No, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus in our world, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So if it's God's problem, it's my problem. If it breaks the heart of God, it breaks my heart. If God is is broken by it, then I am broken by it. Whatever moves the heart of God will move me to action. If God sees bondage and slavery and injustice anywhere, it should move primarily the church. This is not a government problem. This is the church's problem. We cannot put off our responsibility to whoever wins the next election. We cannot put off this responsibility to whoever sits on the bench of the Supreme Court. We cannot put off this responsibility to whatever member of Congress. Because those are not kingdom representatives. America is not the country of, uh, this is just a God. No, the church is the primary moving force of the kingdom of God in our world today. I don't care if you elect the next Christian president. It does not replace the work of the church. It's the work of the church. Not the U.S. government, not the school system, not food stamps, not welfare. It's the work of the church. It's the work of the church. If it moves the heart of God, it moves us to action as well. Can you put on my next slide, Adriana? What can we do? What can we do? I want to touch on these four words real quick. That we, of course, need to be a praying church. And I don't mean that passively like, oh, pray about it. Because I think we need to cover not only the oppressed, but the oppressors in prayer. That the victims and those who are victimizing would be covered in prayer. That those who are at the top of this of this pyramid would, would fall and that God would bring them down. I pray that wherever, even in our own city, in our own state, that victims and those who are victimizing will be covered in prayer. Let's pray that the church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century would rise up for such a time as this. That we would not grow comfortable in a society and in a generation that prizes comfort. But that we, in the words of Augustine, that we would be restless until we find our rest in him. That God would not let us sleep or slumber or fall into inaction until we are motivated to change. So we will pray. We will share. Because people perish for lack of knowledge. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. If it's not in my life, it's not my problem. But church, I pray that in these few moments that we have spent talking about this, that you would be reminded that knowledge is power. I think awareness is great, but awareness is not the end of it. I think it's important to know what's going on, but not just for awareness's sake. We must be a church that acts, walks. On, on Saturday, October 20th, there will be the A21 Walk for Freedom. 
we participated in this walk last October. Uh, there was a group of about five or six of us that went, and you walk for, for a little while with a, with a cover over your mouth, representing those that are voiceless, and we raise money for the A21 campaign that is uh, led by Christine Kramer. We'll have more announcements about that Walk for Freedom that happens in Worcester uh, in the coming weeks. And I want to encourage you, if at all possible, be a part of that Walk for Freedom. Because we are joining with others around our region that are also moved uh, by this problem. And last off, we must give. The Church of the Nazarene is working against the evil of human trafficking in our world today. Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, the compassionate branch of our church, is actually on the ground doing something about the problem. I want to share with you just four things that the Nazarene Church is doing. In India, the Hope for Life Drop-In Center provides women a way out of the red light district through vocational training and other support. At-risk children find a safe space, education, and care. Right now, the Church of the Nazarene in this Hope for Life Center in India is serving more than 200 women and children right at this very moment. In Moldova, there's a mobile intervention clinic. The Nazarene Church runs a mobile clinic that is actively working to get girls and women off the streets. They help victims of sexual exploitation by providing hopeful alternatives, including vocational opportunities, medical care, and psychosocial support. There's prevention in the Philippines. The Church of the Nazarene is protecting at-risk children and youth through education designed to prevent them from becoming trafficking victims, as well as partnering with others who are ministering to children who have been rescued from online exploitation. Again, back in Moldova, the Church of the Nazarene is partnering with the transition home for orphaned teens who are high, high risk for being trafficked, helping them start businesses so they won't be vulnerable to poverty-induced trafficking. And in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, there is Ambassador's Church of the Nazarene that for far too long has maybe not known, but as of today, we know and are moved to action. We will not only just pray, we will walk, we will talk, we will give, we will give generously, knowing that although there is great evil in our world today, the book of Romans chapter 12 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If God has equipped us with his spirit, partnering with millions of Christians around the world, we can increase the 1% that are rescued to 2%. We can increase the two to four. If we will simply awaken to the need of our world today, then we will be able to, through the power of the spirit, see a sharp decline in the evil that is happening in our world. If Jesus' first words were about freedom, his last words are just as important. We're on the cross, he is hanging, and we pay attention to what Jesus was saying. And he said those all-important words that echo. He said, it is finished. Yes, Jesus died for your sin, for your salvation, for your eternal life. But he died for the entire world. He died for our sin, and he died for the effects of sin. And now those of us that are saved are mobilized to act. The last words that he said before he ascended into the heavens was, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them all I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the end of the earth. And that was not a commission to just host services. That was a commission to be his representative in a dark world. And I am so proud that we are
are part of the church of the Nazarene, a Christian holiness missional church that sees a problem and is motivated to act. We are not just a lone ranger out here in Pawtucket. We are part of a global network of churches all around the world in big cities and forgotten villages reaching the one sheep left behind. Church, it is not all evil. It is not all doom and gloom because God is still doing a great thing and we get to partner with what God is doing in our world today. I'm not going to give the devil more credit than he deserves. I want to give God glory that we are part of a church on the move. And although there is brokenness, there is healing. Although there is bondage, there is freedom. And we are the ambassadors of that kingdom. Can we say amen? I have one more video for you from Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. And then Sam will come up and play and I'll pray us out. But I ask that in these last moments, you are reminded that we were not called to sit and watch. We were called to act. Dear God, we pray for the victims of human trafficking, for those who have been dehumanized and held captive by the greed and violence of a broken world, for girls and boys, women and men, who are bought and sold and abused by those who have forgotten the eternal value of a human soul. May they rediscover their worth in you, and may we affirm their worth as individuals who are made in your image. Lord, reveal the way our choice may play a part in keeping others captives by creating a demand for more slaves, and give us courage to make different choices. Give us eyes to see injustice and exploitation, and give us the courage to speak out against evil. Use us to bring light into the darkened corners of this world, that they may not remain dark forever. May your light expose the evil deeds of the captors, and may your love create a change of heart within those who are captors and perpetrators of human trafficking. Use us to loosen the chains of injustice and to let the oppressed go free. Our Lord and our God, we pray. For an end to the evil that is human trafficking, and we pray that the victims of trafficking may find restoration and healing in you. May it be so. This morning, I thank you that there is no government greater than the kingdom of God. That you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That you were born into the darkness of our world. You are the embodiment of grace and truth. And right now, oh God, I lift up a prayer millions of Christians around the world who are setting lights and releasing the darkness. And I pray that our church, the Baxter Church, will be moved in that way. Give us wisdom to guide us. Give us boldness to go 